0: Hello and welcome to the first episode of Politically Inquisitive. Let's have a conversation. So today my guest is Nicholas Frakes. He is a freelance journalist. I'll let him talk a little bit more about himself.
1: Yeah, so uh got my start at UCR at the Highlander newspaper. I uh, just graduated recently, so now I'm kind of just on my own thing, trying to establish myself more. Uh, currently I'm writing an article actually on the Chinese-Hong Kong relations since the uh, And the 20th anniversary of Hong Kong's independence from Great Britain just uh, took place on July 1st So right now I'm uh, putting that one out trying to see if i will take it up. So but I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me
0: Thanks for being here, you know having another opinion. It's always It's always a great thing to to have But yeah, so today we're gonna talk about uh, healthcare, uh, the welfare state and kind of its its future in America and and where We see it's gonna go Um so, you know, in recent news, Trump and his administration have been uh you know, trying to push this kind of replace instead of what they initially planned, which was a repeal. And uh a lot of debate's been going around uh whether or not Obamacare was, you know, uh, you know, perfect in its own right and, you know, how dare they go in and they attack uh basically Obama's legacy and why they're trying to, you know, Hurt, um, you know, innocent people. So, so what, are, what are your thoughts on statements like, you know, um, any repeal or replacement is gonna, you know, hurt citizens hurt citizens more than it's gonna help them.
1: Uh, I mean, like, what's like with this uh, with the new healthcare bill, the second one that's uh, been going through right now. Like, that's been like what's been said is that it's gonna basically put 22 million Americans without healthcare, which is a big issue. And I get the whole idea of wanting to repeal and replace it because there because while Obamacare was revolutionary for its time for here in the United States, while it did do a lot of good, there were still a lot of issues with it and it, was, it presented a good framework. And in my opinion, I think it'd be better for the Republicans to take Obamacare and then kind of reshape it into something that they want or something that they think would be better. And honestly, I think it's really important to have bipartisanship on this, but I mean... I don't really see that happening.
0: Yeah, I know one of the biggest issues I had with uh, Obamacare was: yes, you're trying to to get everyone insured, uh, you're trying to get people covered, and you know, obviously, we don't want you know people. Uh, and l- let me just point out it's already illegal for a doctor not to not to help someone who's uh, you know mortally ill or who who uh, has his that whose life is very is threatened uh, you know uh, it's already illegal to do that so they can get the coverage but the issue is we're trying to make it more affordable and we're trying to make it more accessible but you know I, I think a big uh, part of that is that you know when you have something like Obamacare where you know you're putting on these um, these tax penalties if you don't get the certain coverage you're penalizing uh, corporations for not getting certain coverage on their health care plans uh, and you're limiting what people can choose from what's going to end up happening is uh, is you know prices are going to go up and another issue that i'd like to point out is when you have something where the government's going to front the bill you know that people are gonna well, and you know it happened with the student uh, loan crisis, anyways, where you know the government's providing more loans, so universities hike their tuition up, uh, so there could be that effect too. And there's a lot of things to consider. And um, you know, Obamacare by no means is perfect in my book. I don't think any healthcare plan is going to be perfect just because you're always going to have people who don't agree with it to some extent but also you if you really want to minimize cost you know you're going to have to let people choose what they want and then let the markets kind of dictate that and uh, that's kind of how prices go for certain things that people want more of the price is going to be higher and definitely uh, coverage gets higher uh, prices based on you know the cost uh, and just having this you know big brother kind of come in and always pay for it it's not going to do much to lower costs um kind of segueing into another um, highly debated bill that uh, it wasn't at the national level but it was a state level one uh, we already know California has covered California which is which was its its interpretation of Obamacare and that state uh, every state had the ability to, to kind of implement Obamacare how they wanted to uh, California's response was covered California um, but the California senators and, and the state legislature wanted to take it a step further. They wanted to go completely, uh, single member or single pair, healthcare. And a big issue was that was it was not a good bill. It wasn't. Uh, the funding wasn't formulated right. There, it wasn't formulated at all. Uh, it wanted to expand coverage, include everyone, uh, including uh non citizens. So that's it, an even larger amount of people that are going to get covered, um, and also it's gonna up you know trying to get as much coverage in there as possible not just in terms of people but what the insurance is going to include we're talking dental we're talking um, I don't think it optometry there's a specific word for it I'm not too sure of uh, what it is uh, emergency care all sorts of things right and then adding another bureaucracy so adding more to the cost um, so I know you're you kind of want, uh, from what I've heard, you you want a single payer uh, health care system. Uh, and, you know, can you kind of elaborate why you think it'd be a good idea, or uh, correct me if I'm wrong.
1: No, yeah, you're totally right. Uh, I think a single payer health care plan is a great idea, but I also think it's important to follow styles like they have in the UK and Australia, where they have a hybrid of the like where they allow you to. Do private insurance, or you can go through the single payer one, which I think is very important is to have a choice. Because as you were pointing out with the, uh, the Affordable Care Act, that wasn't something people really had. I mean, one thing when uh, President, President Obama was uh, like advocating for like this bill to go through when he was advocating for it when he's uh, uh, basically sponsoring it and all that stuff. He was saying that you would keep your own doctor. He's basically saying that you were going to be able to keep your own private insurance. But when that when the Affordable Care Act came into like actual action when it came into being, that wasn't the case, and I think, like I, I think, uh, like uh, like yourself, choice is very important in this matter because healthcare is a very complicated thing, and we can't honestly. We're not the United States is not like Canada or it's Taiwan where they do have a single pair, like only they only have a single pair, But it works there. But in the United States, I think it's a bit different. Just the way the government structured, and honestly, I, I agree with you. Honestly, with the Health of California bill that was proposed, it was not good. It just didn't. There were just too many issues with it. For example, the uh, the budget, how much it was in cost, was not known until it went to the uh, Senate Committee on Appropriations, and until then, they didn't know how much it was going to cost. They didn't know how they're going to pay for it, even. Up until this point, they still didn't know how they're going to pay for it. Everything is total speculation. And that was a huge issue. Uh, I wrote an article about this, actually, for the Highlander. I co-authored one. And basically, what I po-
0: I was interviewed for that. <laughs> it was a great article. <laughs> uh, you guys did great work.
1: Thank you. Like, well, like One thing I think we pointed out was that like this bill was not very thought out. Uh, healthcare is a very complicated issue, and even in the UK, where they have a really good healthcare system, it's a hybrid system, like I said, but they had it, uh, they first proposed the bill in 1947. It didn't get enacted until 1948, because they're working on it, they're working on enacting it, they're working on clearing things up, and even since then, they've revised it at least, I think, three or four times since then, because things change, and that's a huge issue. I, that the, the affordable character wasn't edited like as it went along. As issues arose, they didn't look over it.
0: Yeah, and- I think it was amended four, five times, I think, what it was. I think it was four at the end, and that's when they decided just to to shelve it for the next year. Uh, it was just so poorly, you know, thought out, and when you really look at, um, you know, all, all the possible effects, you know, this all this was a very speculatory bill, you know, um, but anything where you're adding... 400. I think one estimate was 400 billion. Another estimate was more like 357 billion dollars uh, annually. That's already way above the revenue that California is bringing in. And then all of a sudden, you know, you hear um, the the authors say, you know, just their own take on how they would pay for it. One was a 15% payroll tax. Now that is absolutely, uh, I think, in my in my opinion, that's ludicrous, right? California has some of the highest tax burden in uh, america I, I believe second only to n- new york um but when you and dc i think has some pretty high ones too but when you think about it and you look at, at what they're trying to do right so that's not a one-time thing you're paying at the end of the year you're paying this every single time you get a paycheck right and you're thinking you know 15 percent it's, you know, it starts adding up when you add every, all the other uh, percentages that they take out in terms of federal income tax, you know, your, your Medicaid or your social security that they take out. Uh if, depending on where you work, if they have uh, their own in, uh, retirement system, they're taking out of that too. So it's like, all of a sudden you have a check that is being is being bled out. Right. And you're, you know, I understand where you want people to have healthcare, but at the same time, you also want them to be able to provide for themselves. Uh, you know, you want, uh, people to be able to pay for their rent, for their bills, food, shelter, other basic necessities that they need. And, you know, 15% uh, Payroll tax is just—it's ludicrous. You know, you're already adding more tax burden to an already highly tax burdened state. And another one was—it uh, was targeting businesses. You know, you wanted to—I don't—I forget the exact percentage, but another um, sales tax or another—you know think businesses were going to have to pay. And what's that going to do to the economy? California already has some of the highest startup costs in the nation because it, all the regulation, all the taxes, all the fees, all the permitting. So many different things you need to get to California, in California, just to start up in California. So you have to think uh, mom and pop shops, you know, are they going to be able to have as many or hire as many uh, people as they, as they would like to have, um, you know, because they would need to uh, cover half the, or part of the burden of healthcare falls on, on companies sometimes. And most of the times actually. And so, you know, some will go up for sure. Some are going to go out of business, if not the the vast majority because they won't be able to, to maintain that operation that they need to make, to, you know, at least zero out their, their losses, you know, and it's just going to hurt those mom and pop shops. I don't think this healthcare bill was the way to go. And I've said this repeatedly, you know, um, you know, the tide for healthcare is coming. It's, you know, Obama started with Obamacare. I don't think me personally, I don't think, any health care bill is going to be good, but, you know, people want it. And if people are voting for it, then you have to kind of respect what the what the vote says. And, um, you know, if they're – what they're doing in Washington, I'm not too happy about. You know, they're making something that was uh, halfway decent, in my opinion, and they're making it just literal garbage, you know. Um, so this was just an interesting case where uh, California tried something and, they, and, you know, you've had off- authors say – We're just trying to start the conversation here. We're trying to uh, get the ball rolling in probably the most uh, farthest thing from fiscally responsible way of doing this. Um, And so you're going to get people who are going to, be gung-ho for single-payer because they see it work in other countries uh now i'm not saying uh it won't it, it won't work in the u.s it's just implementing it's just going to be such a big hurdle uh economically speaking socially speaking politically speaking that uh it, it's going to take forever to get put into effect but if it does if you know single-payer is the way it goes and it's going to go uh but if it's a different system i personally would love um you know a mixture of private and public you know, public being, you know, um, those like just you need that operation, and it's just your your insurance provider can't cover the whole bit, but you know, the public uh, insurance is there to kind of help out with that, minimize the cost because you, you know, things happen where you don't always expect them to happen, right? You don't expect to be diagnosed with stage three or terminal cancer, you know, or, you know, just a random, rare, highly rare disease where. The treatments are so expensive and so what really I think a mixture of that would be good because you could pick what you want and then also have that kind of backup in case something really bad happens and you know you do need that you know that public support and you know the government's there in my opinion to make life better um, without being too uh, without infringing on too much personal and individual liberties and I think you know the right to choose your healthcare care is, uh, is a personal uh, liber- liberty that you have, um, but just kind of uh, examples of, of why it's so important for people to be able to choose what they want to do, uh, you, you've you probably heard of, the, of uh, Charlie Gard, right? Yeah. Yeah, so with Charlie Gard, I mean the hospital wants and the courts have, uh, went with it, you know, but yeah, I feel like if you have the money and you have the means, then you should be able to pursue whatever you want to pursue in terms of healthcare, right? If you have stage three cancer and you decide you don't, uh, you know, maybe you don't want to, you don't want to fight it, you know, or maybe you see no point in fighting when your uh, chances of living are so low, then you should have the right to not, you know, um, I don't want to say waste the money, you know, but uh, spend the money that you originally wouldn't, Uh, spend the money you, you know you don't want to spend that money because you know it's going to be uh, fruitless but it's that that's your decision right and with uh, Charlie Gard the thing that that really got me was that they had the money they had public support and public charity or or rather it'd be private charity because private citizens voluntarily giving their uh, money to their parent to his parents to come to the u.s and and they made the choice in this case uh, charlie guard is the 10 month old baby so he's a minor right so the, the choice goes on the parents regardless of where you are uh but you know they were denied that and i feel like that's a big overstep from uh, big brother um you know because it's the, it's the parents they one they they made peace with the fact that they're cutting they're pulling life support right after the judge said no the hospital's getting its way but another thing when um they wanted to take little Charlie home, and the court said you can't do that. The hospital said you can't do that. So, I mean, that's just such a, a slap in the face, you know. They, they One, you already sentenced this child to death. Second, you're, the parents can't even take him home, you know, knowing he's going to die anyways and just take him home. Spend, so he's in the comfort of his own home and, you know, hopefully die in his sleep and, you know, he'll be um, – you know, personally, I believe in heaven, hopefully he'll be in heaven. But I don't know, what, what's your take on on socialized medicine? And in, in regards to that, since I know it's a big hot topic issue right now in the media? I mean,
1: <clears throat> I mean, my mom used to work in the hospital as a nurse. And one thing that like, always got me is like, when did hospitals go from uh, care first to do you have insurance? Or how are you gonna pay for this first? Because I mean, I get like, you know, there's like, a certain like, you have to afford. You have to pay for stuff. I get that, but I think like, in regards to Charlie, in regards to so many other people who have been refused care due to not having insurance or not being able to afford uh, whatever they need, at the hospital, whatever needs to be done. I think that's a huge issue, and I think if a if uh, if a if socialized medicine means people can. Get better health. I like, can get better care, and can just afford care in the first place. Then I'm all for it. like, like I said, if I'm, I love single payer just because looking around the world, I see it how well it works in other countries. But like I said before, like this in the U.S., the U.S. isn't like other countries, so it might not work here. And if there's another system that works better, then we have to implement that because like what's going on today is just ridiculous, and people are suffering because of it.
0: Yeah, that's definitely something that um you know, I've worked um you know, a very short time uh as a as a volunteer at an ER here in here in my hometown and you know, there are definitely I saw definitely two types of doctors. There were the doctors there who really wanted to help, you know, and try to find ways uh you know, I mean The process is generally when I was in the ER. Generally, you go to arbitrage, and then or in triage. My bad. uh, Arbitrage is something completely different. In triage, uh, where and you know they fill out your information and they check to see if you have insurance. You know, but you know. that's kind of the nurses handle that. And then you have the doctors who want to deliver the care, the best care they can. And then you have the other ones who are just trying to make sure or trying to get them out as quickly as possible and making sure, you know, they're getting paid. Um, I definitely wish there are more doctors who cared a lot and a lot more hospitals that cared primarily for um, the care side and worried less about um, the money side. But you have to realize, you know, doctors are in debt (laughs) a lot, uh, not all hospitals, uh, For my I used to want to go to, to to med school and become a doctor myself before I, I decided that's not for me, um, that not all hospitals will pay off your medical school, uh, and some will pay... Parts of it, but not all of it. So you're still paying off, you know, uh, depending on what you want to do over four years of of debt, sometimes in the quarter million, sometimes in the millions, depending on where you go. Uh, So it's like you have to understand the doctors, you they are providing a service, a highly specialized service. Um, And for some people, I know for me, the reason I'm so opposed to, you know, compulsory health care is. You know, doctors can get the short end of the stick with you know the government paying lower than what they what they init- what their service is is, uh, is worth, um, and it, it does give me hope to see some uh, hospitals. I believe City of Hope is one. It, it's run completely by charity. St. Jude as well, um, and then uh, doctors who do pro bono work with Doctors uh, Without Borders, um, Helping Hands. I believe is another one, but that might be something else. Uh, but just kind of charitable work. You know, I think if we could improve. Um, Or kind of have a society where more people are inclined to volunteer their their services at, you know, free clinics or or pop-up clinics even to really help out um, people that are, uh, you know, generally who are under service or don't generally have means to to go um, when they really need to or they'll just try and uh, power through it, you know. But, you know, sometimes a simple doctor visit can can be the difference between... um, it being a minor cold to something being, or it being uh, something chronic, you know? Uh, so I definitely want, uh, I'm hopeful that more doctors start doing that, especially to kind of uh, push this idea that healthcare should be for everyone and it should, you should try. There are different ways of making healthcare accessible is what I'm trying to get at. I don't think there's a perfect system right now, but um, I don't know. What, what do you hope uh, in terms of, um, where do you see healthcare and say the, the end of the Trump administration?
1: Uh, I mean, I, I don't see this uh, health bill passing the one he has. Uh, it's in I think it's in the House right now. I don't see that. I don't see that passing. Just with how much public outrage there is over it. I mean, you look across the United States and you see people holding town halls saying, you know, what are you doing? Like, you are sentencing like, us to death with this. Like, you're potentially going to kill us with this health care bill. And honestly, I don't see there being a good healthcare bill, even a good one. I mean, like I said, Obamacare was a good framework and that there still needs to be a lot done with that. But I don't see there being anything truly like, I don't see any true progress occurring until there's bipartisanship. And I don't see that happening anytime soon. So
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, the bipartisan issue—it's just the biggest uh, roadblock to anything. I feel, um, you know, I'll agree with you when when you say Obama was a good framework. Like, it had a lot of problems in my opinion, but it was a good start. You know, um, mm-hmm. there's, you know, sure people lost their doctors, but you know, what was the offset of that, and and where can people or what, not people, but what our our um, elected officials can do is, in my opinion, they can, you know. Uh, suck up, work, uh, uh, work with each other. You know, uh, stop thinking of yourselves as uh, donkeys and elephants and porcupines. Because I believe there's a couple now libertarians in there. But uh, start thinking of um, thinking of your position, um, what power you've been uh, elected to do, or what powers you've been granted by the public, and try and figure out something that's going to be beneficial to um, you know. To everyone, you know, uh, you know, they have to stop thinking about their own uh, coin purses. They have to start thinking about who, th- who their constituents are, and they have to listen to their constituents. You know, uh, so healthcare is just a complex thing, and uh, hopefully one day we figure something out that's not uh, that mi- that mixes the market well, uh, with the public sector, and and we figure out something to really help those that uh, really do need the the. Health care they need. But this is a great segue into uh, another portion of what what I wanted to talk to talk about was uh, the welfare state in general. Um, so we know, and a lot of people, um, not a lot of people, but I've read in certain certain. Uh, you know, I think I've seen it in Huffington Post. I've seen it um, it's been during the election cycle how um, they're fearful that the Trump administration was going to really. Um, just destroy the the welfare systems that we have in place um, you know with uh, food stamps i think you want to do something with that you want to do something with uh, public housing i know a lot of people were there's the the whole Ben carson being put in charge of uh, housing and urban development uh, but in, in general what what do you think of the current welfare system of the uh, you know that the united states has um,
1: uh, i mean Again, I think this is very similar to Obamacare and the uh, the Affordable Care Act. It's good, but like like with like like what you've been saying, like it's not great, it's not bad. It can always be improved, improved upon. Definitely. And like my big issue is, while the, the system isn't great, if you totally like just slash its budget, or you just totally like like slash the system, a lot of people are going to suffer. For example, I know he was. Uh, wants to defund Planned Parenthood and that's a huge issue because like while like while people may not agree with it uh, due to their religious or moral beliefs, like Planned Parenthood provides a lot of important services to people in low income areas and people in need, uh, in regards to like uh screenings and stuff like that. And I think getting rid of programs like this could be really detrimental.
0: You know, um there's very much of how I kind of go about uh, my voting and, and uh, my own political attitudes things are you know if, th- if it's something there if it's broken try and fix it um, if it's working leave it uh, but one of the one of the things that that kind of irks me about the welfare system it, it's not that it, that it, um, it it exists I know a couple people who like they just hate it because it exists right uh, you know with a country that has over uh, 330 million people in it, not all of them are gonna have a job and not all of them are gonna be able to afford food uh, and not every all of them are gonna know the resources out uh, there for them. But what irks me is when you have this welfare abuse, when you have um, people purposely trying to, to manipulate the system so they get a free meal and they don't have to work. Uh, personally, that's kind of an insult to, uh, you know, the hardworking Americans, right? Uh, there's a difference between being a freeloader and you actually being down in the dumps, right? Uh, when you, uh, all of a sudden you're, you spend two three weeks looking for a job and, and, you know, the, the transition period is just, is, um, taking a lot longer or, you know, something happens, right? And, you know, you have to understand that some people have families, some people are the only provider in their in their family for it. So it, it makes sense to have programs like food, sna- uh, food stamps, um, you know, unemployment checks and stuff like that. But I mean, the other day I saw a video of this 30 year old, um, I'm not gonna say race because it, it shouldn't matter because this happens uh, in all um, demographics, right? But she was thirty years old. She was on several healthcare or not healthcare, uh, welfare programs, um, her unemployment or her food stamps, her WIC, and uh, you know they asked her, um, "What do you? How do you feel about being unemployed?" And she said, "I don't really mind it because I feel like I I uh, I'm comfortable the way I am right now. I get seven hundred fifty a month uh, from food stamps, another four hundred from." from wick she has she's in public housing she's got she had i believe three children but she was she was getting a lot of money from these welfare programs uh to me she looked fit and able like she was able to go get a job like she was able to try and actually um find means to to provide for herself uh things like that irk me just because the reason why um people were compelled to create these these uh supplemental programs for people In between jobs was, or people who are having, uh, who who have haven't been able to get a job for whatever reason, is because there is definitely a need to take care of each other uh, when it's a legitimate cause. You know, Um, I think what needs to happen is they need to find a better vetting process for this, uh, have uh, a more uh, stringent kind of checkup policy for people who are on it. Um, You know, some people are going to say, you know, you're you're badgering people who already who are already uh, down on their luck but you know there are people who aren't down on their luck who just aren't putting in the effort to actually go out and and uh, and I know getting a job isn't the easiest thing in the world but you have to at least try you know she also said she was um she's been on welfare since she was about 17 so and she was not 30 right so you see the issue where it's she's been uh 13 years if my my math is right on welfare so like i said if it's broken fix it and i think it's it's a broken system just because there's so much abuse for it you know i don't think uh if there need to be budget cuts they better be smart budget cuts you know um and you know you you better um, have fixed those problems before you make the budget cuts because if you make those budget cuts, then they're going to say, well, now we don't have the funding to properly find a solution. And so, uh, where I, with welfare, it's a very complex thing. You know, you always get people demonizing you for saying, you know, they should slash something or, or uh, how's it immoral to to not want to help or to want to help people and so on and so forth. But you have to really take into account you know there is abuse there and you have to find ways to to uh, to combat that you know um so in in regards to to that what are some some issues you might have with or you have with welfare and i just pointed out the abuse but is, is there anything else that strikes you um Actually, uh, a different question. What do you feel about? Because I know they proposed or Trump said uh, something along the lines that if you're on welfare, you better uh, take a drug test. Uh, what's your thought on that?
1: I mean, that's just that's troublesome for a lot of reasons. I mean, I totally get what he's getting at. Like, if you're on welfare, like you shouldn't be, you know, using that money to buy drugs or anything like that. But I, I mean, I think that's almost kind of what so much what Hillary did when she. Called the Trump supporters a bunch of deplorables. I mean, if I, that's, for me, that's kind of what it sounds like he's saying. He's kind of like, okay, you're on welfare, therefore you're on drugs and you need to be tested. And if you're on drugs, you need to get cut. And that I think is an issue. I mean, I totally get the idea of drug screenings for these people, but I think that just raises a lot more issues on like how he views these people who are on welfare because a lot of these people are just people who are down on their luck. who could be, possibly have medical issues, who are in transition trying to find a job but like isn't able to just because of the job market. So I think to put these people through that is just a whole other issue. And there's also the issue of like, what do you do in regards to people who use, for example, medicinal marijuana as a means of uh, treating like at, for cancer or for sleep issues or things like that. Because that's is another issue that's been coming up is that I know Trump wants to uh, basically roll roll back on the uh, medicinal and even just like recreational marijuana laws here in the U.S. And there are people who come back from uh, Iraq and Afghanistan who are suffering from PTSD, who are uh, using the marijuana, who smoke uh, marijuana in order to just be able to function. Not have to like relive these horrors. And I think that just to put. Some of these people like to drug test a lot of these people just raises more issues
0: yeah you bring up a, a couple good points I, I will say that I, I completely disagree with you about the deplorable statement I don't think it's a uh, exactly and you know was, you know, it was a very heavy handed statement um, what Hillary said and then Trump's was also bad just because there's so much different um, things concerning uh, you know medical marijuana uh, so on and, and, and so forth uh, with drugs themselves Um, but I think in regards to to drug testing, right. And I mean, this has to be changed the thing on several levels, uh, just because you, for the most part, you need to get drug tested for many jobs out there because, um, you know, you, you definitely shouldn't be in, you know, in my opinion, you shouldn't be operating heavy machinery while you're high or anything like that. Um, and it kind of makes sense to me to want to drug test people who are on welfare, um, just because that money uh, it's, its coming out of the taxpayer pocket, right? And taxpayers work and they pay income tax and all those other taxes. So it's like um, if you're on this and uh, I'll get to the medical marijuana part in a bit, you know, if you're on welfare, you should really be using that money to to keep yourself, you know, alive. You get your, the bare necessities you need to, to keep yourself alive uh, and, you know, try and find a way to, to get yourself out of that situation, you know, um, whether that be, going to a trade school, you know, you're going to have to take out loans for most of the things that I'm going to say. Uh, But, you know, if you can get a specialized job where there's uh, definitely a need for it, you that's not going to be too big of a problem because you'll, you'll be working and you'll be in a better spot in regards to, you know, if you're on medical marijuana um, that kind of falls under if you, if you're, in the state, if it's allowed, you know, and if you're you have you're registered, you know, I'm sure there's a registry for this, uh, and then you know you you tell them, hey, I'm in this registry, I'm on America, uh medical marijuana for, you know, I don't I don't know what most people use medical marijuana, multiple scler- sclerosis I think is one of them. Uh, in that case, I think there should be an exemption because you know this is something that's actually helping them, uh, kind of power through this giant amount of pain or if it's uh, I think you said PTSD, uh, kind of help them from, you know, breaking down or going into psychosis. And, and so there's def you definitely have to consider that, but I'm not too opposed to it just because the vast majority aren't legitimately on using drugs for medical reasons for, uh, you know, I, that might be me being pessimistic about it, you know, but, um, you know, what, what constitutes, um, a legitimate cause to use marijuana, as a, med- a medicinally and what, what changes that from you just getting, uh, you know, you just smoking weed to, to get high, you know, um, it was definitely, uh, kind of a heavy handed thing. You know, people can interpret it as Trump thinks all people on w- welfare are, you know, either on drugs or, or using drugs or have used drugs. Uh, I'm not saying that's true. Um, you know, I think we all know someone who's been on, on some form of welfare at some point, um, you know, everybody knows someone to a sixth degree. You know, I know, I know people who have just been down on their luck, where a job transition uh, took too long, and they just couldn't support themselves, so they went. Uh, they got a couple things, and you know, uh, but you know, they immediately, you know, the once the job transition ended, they were back in the job, and they, they, um, they, they, and you know, not a lot of people that are on it want to be on it. It's just they're down on their luck, and they need to be on it. So that was just an interesting thing that I, I saw brought up a, a couple of weeks ago. And I wanted to, to ask you about was the, the marijuana screening, uh, and whether or not it should even still be an issue. Um, you know, um, cause I know I brought up drug screenings for jobs, like in States where you, uh, where you need to take a drug test, you know, biweekly or every month should, um, You know medical marijuana holders be exempt from that and if it's legal for recreational use should that be taken out
1: i mean that's that's i mean that's a really complicated question just because i mean i am totally for the medical for the medicinal use of marijuana because it has has a lot of like medical it has a lot of things that help like it helps a lot of people which i find to be very important but if you are operating heavy machinery you shouldn't be high, and that's a whole other. I, I mean, there's just this is a there's a this is it's just a gray area. Like there's so much gray in this that to say like you should be exempt or you shouldn't be. That's a whole. I mean, that's just a complicated uh, question. I don't personally. I don't have an answer for because I mean, there's so many. There's so much gray in it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, the only reason I ask is because you know what people who are on welfare have in common? Is the the biggest thing is you know they don't have um the means to to provide for themselves because they don't have a job and so when you're looking at states like california colorado uh, and washington where they have legalized recreational marijuana use um and if jobs are still doing job or drug screenings that could potentially have um more people can lose their jobs because they were they weren't clean um when they got tested or you know uh, they thought they were clean, but they weren't clean. So that that could add to the the more people on uh, that could add to the problem of more people being unemployed and being on on uh, welfare. Uh, ideally, you want people to to support themselves, and you want people to be able to uh, do that. And I think that you know being employed is a good start. You know, and and being able to work up uh, the corporate ladder. Um, and you know, it's not it's not an easy thing. I'm not saying that everybody can do it, and not everybody can. Uh, but you know, you should want to try and do that, and if something's not working, move on to something else and, and see what, what clicks and you're, what you're good at, you know? Um, but you know, I think in regards to that, there needs to be massive policy change in regards to that. Um, you know, if you're, if you're working retail, if you're working in an office space, um, you know, if you're going to smoke at night, that's fine, just be sober in the morning, or is, is that even the correct way to say that? If you're not high, you're sober, right? Just don't, oh, yeah, yeah. just don't be high, you know, in the morning when you're at work, you know, sober up uh, and you'll be fine. Uh, I think it should be uh, very, very stringent, very strict on that heavy machinery, on that, um, you know, stuff that could produce self bodily harm or help, or harm other people. Right. Um, and if it's something, if it's medical, the same thing, you know, if you're, if you're if you have something where either you're on some some very heavy uh, painkillers or on marijuana, you probably shouldn't be doing anything with a, uh, with heavy machinery to begin with, because most painkillers that are that strong are going to make you high anyways. So uh, with that, I'm just going to, we should, I'm going to wrap it up with, with saying that welfare is a very complex issue. Healthcare is a very complex issue. Uh, hopefully there'll be more compromises. There's going to be more, um, I want to see more bipartisan um, talk definitely about healthcare, just because it does exist in, in the U.S. through Obamacare. Uh, I think they need to really figure out what's wrong with it and fix it. And what's good, keep it. If it ain't fixed, don't broke it. If it's broken, try and fix it. If you can't fix it, replace it. You know, that type of spiel. Um, thank you, Nick, for coming um, coming on with me today. Uh, politically inquisitive, I'll be sure to um, leave your Leave your name and your, your stuff uh, in the the bio. So thank you again, and, and uh, it was a great talk.
1: Thank you again. Thank you for having me. And yeah, complex issue, but great to talk about it. Thank you again.
0: Yeah. Do you have any any self plugs you wanna wanna throw out there? Twitter handle, Facebook page, website, yeah. portfolio.
1: Uh, yeah. So uh, on Facebook you can find me at Nicholas Frakes. N i c h o l a s f r a k e s. It's a journalism uh page on there Uh, you can also find me on instagram at nick n-i-c underscore frakes F R A K E S. so check me out
0: all right thanks nick and have a great day or a great night
1: you too